Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DM on the stuff that matters. Hello. Hello. We're recording and we're not recording in the late afternoon, which is a really great. Wait, week. why aren't we together again? I know, I know. We could next week, <laughs> next week we will be together. And I am just feeling uh, like I've got, I have to say, I felt, I literally thought about our intro that we did last week, like for a few days. I was going to message you and say, should we do it? And then I was like, no, it's unfair on you. It's my fault. This is your I overthinking. Space. I just, I, I literally was not present in my body <laughs> or in my mind. You just checked out. <laughs> I don't know where I was, but I'm really apologies to everyone that had to listen to that. Anyway, we're back. It is a new week. We're in November. Mm-hmm. Which is so mm-hmm. exciting. What the heck? What the heck? Exactly. <laughs> it's nearly Christmas, which is like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. and we've got an awesome guest on today. So everything. And I've also had two coffees and I am excited. I can tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and next week we'll actually be able to be back in the office recording in our studio in the Commons. So we're very excited about that too. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so funny out of habit that we just keep jumping on Zoom. It's like I know. <laughs> we can't actually be together. But um, no, I'm so excited. And I know the team's pretty excited to get back in the office. Um, it's funny timing with like Christmas around the corner and everything like that. But it, it's also, I'm so glad that we get to wind up the year together at least. Like yes. how much of a shame would that have been going into Christmas if we were still all in lockdown, mm-hmm. like not being able to celebrate and everything together. So at least we kind of get to you know, reflect on the year and have a really good ending to the year together in person. A hundred percent. And also a big congratulations for you on the kick bump pod, which has just launched Uh, on Monday. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, yeah. So, so Kick Bump, um, Kick Pod will be released every second Monday. So, yes, as Laws mentioned, the first one went out November 1st, so this Monday. And it was with my mum, and it was so nice to chat to mum. We just kind of thought, like, when I was chatting to the team about guests and everything, um, and you know, there might be some episodes where it's just me. I don't know how I'll (laughs) I'll hold out chatting to myself, but um, my mum did come up as someone that I wanted to speak to. You know, she's the biggest inspiration to me when it comes to motherhood and everything like that. So, it was nice to chat to her. Obviously, you know, some of the stuff we covered, mum and I have spoken about before, but it was really nice to see her kind of go into depth and actually reflect on, because obviously it was like 30 years ago that she had my brother. Um, So she was reflecting quite far back, but it was also nice to kind of talk about, I suppose, maybe even some of the differences in, in parenting then versus now. And anyway, so that episode is live, but I'm really excited. If you guys um, are mums or you know some mums or parents in general or even pregnant people that you think would appreciate this podcast, make sure you let them know. Um, it's been really awesome. I mean, like I was starting to share some of the stuff and I, it's not like, you know, I can't share anything motherhood related here on this kick pod you with can. you, Laws. I've, absolutely. And I'm not going to like, you know, try not to, but um, it, it's nice to also have a space where, you know, I can I can kind of go nuts sharing all things, all things motherhood because there really is so much to talk about. So yeah, if that sounds like that is of interest. Make sure you check it out. But I, I have I have something to admit first what, of all before what, what, we move what? on from talking about the uh, kick bump kick pod. Um, it took me four goes to record that intro because I'm so used to talking to you, yeah. and to chatting to you, it's and so bouncing off you. And so it's so hard. Like the first time I did it, I was feeling really good, and it was right after my chat with mum. And I was like, yeah, I'll just like go into it and I'll just wing it and I'll just make it real casual but then I winged it so much that I just sounded like a bloody idiot and I just had no idea what I was saying and I was like okay let's try that again and I tried 
straight after that time tried again but I had the notes in front of me and I was like okay make sure I cover off all these things but then I just ended up just reading the notes like word for word and I got my like old school um, um, postcards postcards (laughs) yeah postcards voice on and I was like okay what the heck now I'm presenting this is ridiculous so then I had to like just wait a couple of days and kind of revisit it and um I yeah did it two more times one time I didn't let it go for very long like literally within 50 seconds I was like nope it's already crap try again (laughs) and then fourth time lucky I still had my doubts but I was like you know what I'm just gonna send it through to the team and see what (laughs) but it was just it's gonna take some getting used to kind of like chatting to myself but I just have to imagine you know because obviously when I'm talking about like Harvey updates and everything I just need to imagine like all of you guys who are listening and just pretend that I'm just chatting directly to you it is difficult though Laura interesting technique see I would actually not imagine everyone listening because I would be well, and very, just talk to yourself well yeah but imagine just one person <laughs> instead of like well for me nerves wise I'm not going to imagine like tens of thousands of people true yeah true <laughs> no you did amazing Steffi and it's, it's a fantastic episode so really recommend it Thanks. you can listen to it now because it has come out on Monday we've also got a kick run event this week we are so excited for that mm-hmm. so that is tonight and Thursday night cannot wait cannot believe we can do an in-person community event so now do you have a special I can't even speak a special and I don't have any excuse because this is morning I should be peak performance on this uh, do you have do you have a special share for us this week <laughs> okay so I do but I don't and it's funny because last last week you didn't have one yeah, and no. you were just real honest about it and we're like you know what I'm not even gonna make something up and I appreciated that but I felt like we couldn't go two weeks without one of us not sharing something so <laughs> I kind of do okay so something that I'm watching at the moment is you and it's the Netflix series you season and three? season three yeah. I loved season one I liked season two and I'm not sure about season three, but I'm like, I think I'm on like episode six or something. So I'm, I'm into it enough to want to know what's happening next. But yeah, this is why it's a stupid special share because I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. No, but it's it, good but for people to know because it's, I mean, it's number one on Netflix right now. So yeah, I mean, it is, yeah. it is, it is not a niche special share. It's, there's a lot about the people watching it. So this it's is good true. because someone not might see unique. that because I often see what's number one on Netflix. I'm basic and I'm like, oh, I, except for Squid Game, not watching that. I'm yeah. like, I will watch this. So now yeah. I actually might not watch it because you causes yeah. me severe anxiety anyway. So I would have had to endure that. And if it's not worth watching, yeah. thank you. I won't. It's just, it's now just gotten a little bit ridiculous. Okay. And all. also just but, a quick um, question. Is he still with yeah. the Because, and this is not giving anything He's away. still with you love. you can see it yeah. in the prep. Yes. Okay, random. Also bizarre. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. It's just... Oh yeah, that, that's enough of that one. But I will say there is something I'm excited about. Again, it doesn't really make sense to be a special share because I have not read it myself. But I know that there will be people. <laughs> I know, I know. I know there'll be people that are just as excited as I am. Um, so I love Will Smith. He's like one of my favourite actors um, of all time. And he has just finished writing, well, he's finished producing his book called, I think it's called Will the Book. Um, and I am 100% going to order it on pre-order. And I'm sure it will be my special share again once I read it, um, you know, kind of the life of him. Because I just, yeah, I find him so awesome. And I, I think it would be quite an entertaining book. So I just wanted to shout that out there for anyone who's a big Will Smith fan who might not have known that Love it. they can get his book. That's yeah. actually very helpful. What, is it a biography? <laughs> is it like his, his life yeah. story? Okay. It would be quite mm. interesting. Hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. Would you like to know What are your mind? special shares? <laughs> well, I just, oh, have, I just have one this week and it is it is something I have, a piece of content I have consumed and I do enjoy. 
So mm. I did enjoy, sorry. <laughs> That's the type we're going for. Just a standard type of special share this week for me. I'm glad. So um, I would love to recommend a podcast. Actually, it's two podcasts that I listen to on No Filter, which is a Mamma Mia podcast with Mia Freeman. And it is her the interview that she did with Lisa Wilkinson. I've already recommended this to you. <laughs> I told mm-hmm. you all about it. So you probably don't mm-hmm. need to listen. Sorry, I'm sometimes I'm so bad when I talk to you, Steffi, about things I consume because I like tell you everything. <laughs> anyway. It's fun. And you never tell me like, Laura, okay. <laughs> you just keep listening. Uh, but I won't go into the same detail today. So Lisa Wilkinson was the, I mean, if you don't know her, I'm sure that, that you would, but um, she's now on the project. She was on the Today Show with Carl Stefanovic and she left the Today Show, uh, mm. I think at the end of last year, approximately. Mm. And there was a lot in the media. Actually, it was interesting. My perception of the story from what I read in the media was that she chose to leave, but the story is actually not that. And it was such an interesting listen about Lisa's life. And first of all, what she achieved at such a young age, she was the youngest. She was editor of Clio, I think at 25, which was the youngest editor of a magazine ever, especially female Trigger warning, she does actually mention her experience with sexual assault, which is was very powerful that she opened up about, which she hasn't spoken about before. I think Lisa, she's done a lot of interviews and I've listened to a lot of Lisa's work, but this interview was, I, I feel like well, I got to know her more than, than mm. I ever have. And what happened with her and, and just the way that women are, are treated, unfortunately, still now um, in the media and then also just with the huge gender pay gap, which is one of the reasons that she... she left the Today Show. Mm. She was not Mm. getting paid the same as her male counterpart, Carl Stefanovic. And yeah, it's a really, really great listen. I highly, highly recommend. Did you say you have two? Oh, no, no, just one. I thought you said there was two podcasts. It's so it is a two-part podcast. So there's part one and part two. So it's two podcasts, but really it's this one one long interview that's cut into two podcasts. So yeah, you can find that on, on the No Filter podcast. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thanks. I actually really do need to listen to that. I have been really lazy with listening to podcasts. What do you mean, like, you don't lately. have to. Like, what are you like? A- no, but I, I, I'm really interested in that, um, in that story. And I think it's, I mean, it's unfortunate that, you know, especially with people in the media, that they can only really start to be open and honest about things like that that's going on when they are no longer in that position. Mm. I mean, obviously, it's it's an awkward position when you're when you're in it, but it's um it's really interesting and devastating when you can find out that sort of stuff Mm. but it's good that she's been so raw and open about it all absolutely if we don't talk about it it won't change so Mm. amazing Mm. listen and now for this week's dnm so Mm -hmm. as always if you do have a question for us to answer you can email it in at podcast at keepitcleaner.com.au that is our inbox all right I am usually really good in social settings and always love being around people but I recently found But recently I have found myself backing down in social settings when someone who may be louder, more confident in group settings comes into the picture. I have a feeling it's due to fearing being compared to them, especially when I go back into my shell. I've started to get physical reactions to this when it happens as it's a really weird feeling in my hands, which I'm assuming may be something to do with anxiety. Any advice would be much appreciated. Hmm. So first of all, How, yeah. yeah, we just wanted to say, like, we hope you are okay. It's such yeah. such a hard thing to be going through. I think, however, it is something that is super normal. That's why I wanted to talk about this one because I thought it's something that so many people would be going with, especially now it would be heightened with us coming out of lockdown. 
Oh my God, absolutely heightened coming out of lockdown and, you know, going back into social settings. Absolutely. I mean, I would consider myself a, a super confident person when it comes to social settings, but I am, I'm feeling anxious about going back to, to you know, socialising and <laughs> even networking or just seeing people out in public. Um, but I think it's also, I remember in high school, I was very unapologetically myself, especially in social situations. And I was happy to be loud and, and, you know, whether I was around other confident people or shy people, I didn't really change the way I was. Um, and it didn't really affect me, but I did feel there's been different parts of my career where I haven't been, you know, as confident, maybe it's in a boardroom or, you know, different settings and situations where I, have lacked that confidence and no matter how much I would consider myself an, you know, outgoing social person, I do put up a bit of a shell and put up a bit of a front and and I do actually let, you know, someone else who might be showing their confidence and loudness kind of just shine and and just I'll just be like, okay, you just you do that and you be loud and proud and that's awesome. And because you're that way, I'm just gonna stay down here and quiet. And and I've always walked away from those settings and felt really weird about it because that's not me. <laughs> um, or, or at least it wasn't me when I was younger. And I think it's it's one of those things that when you talk about children with their fear of things, like they don't have fear. They just want to be adventurous. They want to be out there. They want to be themselves. And, you know, it's, you want to be able to try and find that childhood, that childlike self of you when it comes to things like being adventurous or, you know, going out into a social setting. You want to try and find that confidence that children have and that I certainly had when I was a kid anyway. Um, And so I try and remind myself of that and to just try and not care so much. But as you said, Laws, I think coming out of lockdown particularly, it's we've been out of practice. And at the end of the day, it, it is kind of about habit and practice. And um, I know even like I've, I've caught up with a few friends and it's not even about being out of practice, but we don't have as much to talk about. <laughs> and so it is, you do actually have to work to make some conversation sometimes. And it, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're maybe lost that friendship or anything like that. Absolutely not. It's just, we're all, we're all out of practice and we all feel a little bit funny about reconnecting and as excited as we are and, you know, as excited as we are to make plans and, and actually see those people it's going to be totally normal and extremely common to feel really reserved and, and, and quiet, I think, in those, in those situations. But Laws, do you have maybe something to touch on? Like, have you ever kind of felt that when she speaks to anxiety even in those moments or anything like that? Have you, have you ever felt that? Yeah, I mean, that's such great advice, Steffi. I completely agree. I think for me, first of all, I, I, this is absolutely, from, from what you are explaining, this is social anxiety. We've done a podcast, mm. actually. I'd recommend you listening to it with Dr. Jodie Lowinger. Mm. And it's, I can't remember what we called it. I think it's actually called Anxiety 101 or something like that. This is a type of anxiety. So there are a lot of types of anxiety. There's, you know, anxiety to do with your health. So you might always be worried that, for me, when I think of that, it's I'm worried that I'm going to have an anaphylactic reaction to nuts when it was really bad, when I hadn't even had them. And I'm always thinking about that. So that would that's mm. kind of true with health anxiety. Then it really, it can go into kind of a lot of areas of mm. your life and social anxiety is absolutely something. And then especially with what you were saying about the physical reactions you were feeling um, in regards to your hands, um, mm. a really weird feeling. So when I have had really bad anxiety, it can also lead to panic attacks, but more mildly, I can get pins and needles in my hands and my um, my feet when it's been really bad. I think I'm having a heart attack, and then I start hyper focusing on everything, and that's quite a common 
effect of anxiety, a physical effect. So I, I would really recommend if you can talking to someone about it because I think I think that is what it is. And then just knowing as well that it's, as Steph said, it's so normal even for Steph, someone that doesn't necessarily deal with anxiety all the time. It's something mm, that, you know, mm. creeps into your head, questioning mm. yourself in social situations. And I think with from an anxiety standpoint, what you're doing when you're anxious, when you have anxious thoughts is you're making things that are completely not true sound mm. in your head as something that is 100% reality. So mm. in this situation, a social situation, this happens to me all the time, might go in there and especially around, like, no, I've never been anxious around you, Steph, obviously, because I speak to you 24,000 times a day. But <laughs> in situations... You've definitely never been quiet around no, me. <laughs> I'm, I'm my full <laughs> self around you. But I can't be my full self around in every single setting that I'm in. Some of them, yeah. if I'm with people that I might not know as well, or it might be people that I feel intimidated by... I go into a shell and I will often, everything that I say, sometimes I'll be thinking, oh my God, was that, should I have said that? I'm, I overthink it. What do they mm-hmm. think of me now? I've said that. And that is in that situation. So I might've said something which everyone else in the room didn't even, they're like, yeah, cool. Move on. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Like didn't even think about it. It was just a statement. And then they kept, kept going with the conversation. So the chance of every single person in that room actually caring about what you said to the point where they're now consumed in their thoughts about it. No, no, no. They're having the same thoughts about mm-hmm. what they're saying. They're worrying about themselves. Not, not about what you said. That is anxious thoughts because you're making that a hundred percent a reality when actually the chance of that is like point nothing percent so i Mm. yeah it is really hard it's completely normal um don't think that there's anything wrong with you for feeling that way but i think if you do feel like you are open to speaking to someone about it i would i would really recommend it and yeah dr jody um the advice she gave on our podcast was was fantastic as well Mm. And I think like the last thing to touch on is, you know, I mean, one of the biggest fears here is uh, being compared to someone else in a social situation. Um, again, especially coming out of lockdown, I think everyone's going to be having the same fear. And I think it's it's back to actually Alira kind of touched on this, but it's like no one else is looking at you. And I mean, you know, there's horrible people out there who are judgmental, of course, but that no one, everyone has got the same kind of insecurities and they're all, all thinking about themselves and they're all kind of already comparing themselves to who else is in the room. No one really would be worrying too much about if you're louder than another person. So exactly what Laura said, it is probably something that you're just building up in your own mind um, and just try and remind yourself uh, that they're all probably thinking the same thing and they're all probably thinking, mm, what, what should I bring up next? <laughs> A hundred percent. So we hope we hope that helps. And we, as we said, you're not alone. It, it's so normal. And if you can reach out to someone, we would highly recommend doing that. And now for today's podcast. So as Steph just mentioned, we have got the <laughs> wonderful Alira Potter on the podcast. So Alira is a proud Yoda Yoda woman, a trained Reiki practitioner, intuitive reader, energy healer, life coach and meditation guide. And Alira, the reason that we wanted to really bring her on today and chat, we're chatting a lot about confidence and owning who you are, pushing away your insecurities. I think it's something that we all we all deal with and it's really, really hard. Um, and really validating your self-worth. And Alira, mm. through everything that she does, she's had incredible success over the past 18 months and she owns who she is and it is so inspirational and and we thought that you well uh, we've already recorded this chat and it was absolutely fantastic so we know that you will love it and you will love listening to Alira so we hope you enjoy it 
Alira, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to finally have you on the pod for a full episode because you came on to our International Women's Day panel, which was so awesome. But we haven't actually had you on for like a full chat. Yeah, I know. And that feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Between all these lockdowns. Yes. Mm. Like, oh my gosh, that night was so much fun. So much fun. <laughs> oh, well, we loved having you. And yeah, you're so right, actually, because that was March. And what's crazy is I'd just come back from a holiday, like on a flight, which yeah. I mean, now we can kind of pop do again soon. But <laughs> between then, not, not a lot's been going on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> not a lot. <laughs> So to start off with Alira, we would love for you to tell us if you could write the copy for your intro, mm-hmm. everywhere it went, mm-hmm. what would you write and how would you describe who you are? Oh my gosh. You know what? I feel like it changes depending on my mood. But it's <laughs> yeah, definitely it would Yeah, it definitely would have something along the lines of just sassy in there. Um and just I don't know. Like I'm just such an upfront human being that I'm just that's probably what it would have just straight up human gives zero <laughs> straight up human literally just gives zero fucks <laughs> like just whatever i don't know it would change depending on my mood I love and the that. audience that i was with i guess too i love, I love that. that that is so good <laughs> it's so good um but it's so it's so true from knowing you and meeting you um i can i can vouch for you in saying that you are very straight up and confident and it's it's amazing um, I'm, um, I would consider myself a pretty forward person as well. I'm kind of one of those friends that people know to come to me if they want an honest opinion, not a, mm-hmm. not a little pat on the back. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's you just, you glow, you glow that kind of confidence. And, um, I have to say, I told my mum cause she's here minding Harvey, which is amazing that she can now be here. Um, and I was telling her that we we're about to chat to you and she remembered you from that event and she was like, oh, she was just great, full of energy, full of fun. I love that. <laughs> we love that. That's good feedback for me. <laughs> now, one thing that we've been hearing, like, I don't know about you guys, but I've been hearing it all year and it's that mm. hot girl summer. And obviously yeah. Megan the Stallion started it, you know, back in 2019, but it's definitely the going kind of saying right now. For those who aren't aware of it, could you give a bit of background Um, to that statement and then also what does it mean to you yeah I love that statement and I feel like there'd be so many people that would just be like oh really but I'm like yeah I love it because it's about us just really showing up as our authentic selves and just being like you know what this summer I'm just going to be like my hottest self whatever that is defined as because I feel like we as women have always been put in this box of just like you know needing to dress a certain way whatever it may be but it's just like this summer or hot girl summer like you do you Mm. you glow for you and that's like gonna be amazing i love that and it's not Mm. about what you look like i think that's my favorite Mm -hmm. part about hot girl because when i first heard hot girl summer i was like well that's off brand for kick because we don't (laughs) you know bodies are bodies all the time you know winter body there it doesn't matter and um we we can't talk about this and then when i read more about it i was like no Mm. this makes sense because it's not about it's literally going against everything that i suppose the media Mm -hmm. and society makes us feel that we need to believe in terms of a hot girl summer which makes it exactly just great and for you, Alira, I mean, in our eyes, you are mm-hmm. the epitome of a hot girl. Love you this. embrace body positivity, which we love, and you are unapologetically you. And, yeah, so thank you for being that way and being such an amazing role model for so many people. We would love to know if you had any advice for anyone listening that really wants to embrace hot girl summer. How do they do it? 
how do they do it? They just do things for them that are going to make them feel really good and confident. I think that's the most important thing. I think we really compare ourselves to other women on social media and women in real life that I'm like, we need to stop doing that. We need to just worry about ourselves because remember the next female next to us isn't really worried about what you're looking like. They're more worried about themselves. So let's shift that energy and focus back onto you and start wearing the things that make you feel like friggin' amazing and just do the things that make you feel amazing. There's just, I feel like no more holding back anymore. That's amazing. That's so, it's Mm. so true. And it's that, that thing with confidence as well, particularly I think when it comes to, you know, wearing whatever you want and like not worrying about what anyone else thinks, Mm -hmm. no one judges the person that walks around like they don't care, you know, they don't, if anything, they, they envy them for their confidence. And it is, you know, Laura and I've spoken to before, if you don't have that confidence, just fake it till you make it. Because, you know, even on some of my off days, I'll just pretend that I'm not feeling that way and I'll end up like my spirits will be lifted because of that. So, um, but I love that advice. That's so incredible. Um, Now you've had a really incredible past 18 months you, your <laughs> career is just flying and we've it's been awesome to witness honestly it's and it's well well deserved do you think though like how important when it comes to these successes and everything that's been happening lately for you how important do you think it is for self-belief in that process how important do you think it is to have self-belief in yourself for those successes yeah oh my gosh so I reckon at the start of my career it was just like it was almost like a free-for-all I was doing whatever I wanted I was doing lots of things for free I was just doing stuff because it was just coming to me now I'm at a point where I've sort of like changed my mindset to be like no you know your your self-worth and you know what's good for you and you know that you won't just settle for anything so every job or everything that comes to me I'm always like pausing listening to my intuition and just being like is this what is going to be good for me? Like, is this aligned with my values? So I think that's really important. I think that's like a really good way for people to start their journeys. Like find out your values because then that's going to be aligned with you understanding what your self-worth is. Mm. Did you ever have like any opportunities that have come up, like any really big, exciting ones? Did you ever have a point of self-doubt where you thought maybe, you know, you weren't worthy for that? Have you ever had that? Oh my God, 100%. I remember when I got um, the body shop. So I'm the face of the body shop that this year. That was amazing. <laughs> so crazy. I remember when I got the email and I remember my manager, Steph, was just like, this is going to be big. And I was like, why would they choose me? I'm just this chick from Geelong that just like is so random. And I just had all these doubts and she sort of pulled me aside and was like, okay, this is why, like, this is why they've chosen you. And I was like, okay, but you do, it's almost like that imposter syndrome. You're just Mm -hmm. like, I'm not good enough. Like give it to somebody else. But now I just, I pause and I'm like, yeah, you are deserving of this. Like you've worked really hard. So yeah. That's amazing question though. How did you get to that point of feeling that you are worthy? Because I feel like, I mean, from from Steph and and my journey and and even just speaking for myself, I find that sometimes I do put limitations on myself and I'm not doing it consciously. It's subconscious, especially I think in, in business, in a lot of the commercial world it's very male dominated so I have this kind of and I'm trying to work through it and I'm you know I, I we we advocate for this for you know feeling good in who you are and not letting your gender you know hold you back but I still know that I have this subconscious limitation of like am I worthy of these things like maybe I'm not ready for this because you know I'm too young or I you know I haven't had enough experience 
And I, I wanted to ask you, listening to you speak um, and, you know, following your journey, you seem to never have these limitations on you. And I know, I, I suppose you just referenced the body shop thing when that first came in, you were like, which we all do, kind of when big things come in, am I like, can I do this? This is crazy. But how have you been able to let go of any limitations and have you ever put any on yourself? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I sort of have to revert back to, you know, I was working in a corporate job for like five years and I hated that job. And every day I would walk into that office and be like, I'm not going to be here for much longer. I'm not going to be here for much longer. And everything that you've worked towards and those side hustles, it's all going to pay off. So I have to remind myself that I worked so hard to get to where I am right now that I am I am just grateful and I'm just open to receiving absolutely anything that comes my way. So therefore I am deserving because I've put in that work. And I think you're always going to have that person that's just going to be like maybe negative around some things, but it's just like, no, I've worked really hard, mm. really hard to get here and I deserve it mm. 100%. Well, I mean, it's also that, that thing that we need to remind ourselves of if these these opportunities I suppose wouldn't present themselves if someone else didn't believe that you deserved it so Mm -hmm. it's like if it comes through so that person obviously thinks that you deserve it so we should be able to build that that same kind of um mindset in ourselves for sure um okay now self-love right the topic of Mm self-love how do you feel about that phrase I you know what I feel at the moment it's really a buzzword unless people are doing the work. Mm. It's really a buzzword because it's all over social media. And I'm like, yeah, we can like put that up on our posts and preach self-love, but are we actually doing the work? Are we behind the scenes doing those things that make us feel like our authentic selves? Mm. Are we showing up for us and not other people? So I'm, I'm all for self-love and I'm a big promoter and believer in it, but I want to make sure that other people are actually doing that work too and not just saying that word because mm. it's cool or on trend. Mm. What are ways that you, I suppose, treat yourself like with some, with some love? What are your favourite ways to show self-love? Oh, it's like taking the whole day off work. I did that on Wednesday. I was like, I'm taking the whole day off work. Yeah, I was like, guys, I actually need to like have a moment for me. And I went to the beach and it was so beautiful. There's little things like I'll go and like get my nails done or I'll go and get my hair done. And it's just, I know they're material things, but they make me feel really good about myself. Mm -hmm. But I think like hanging out with my mates, that's me like filling my heart space with like so much love and joy and um, just little things. I feel like there's no there's no real definition of what self-love has to be. It's just whatever feels really nice for you. Yeah, and Mm. I think it's nice to think of it as like kind gestures to yourself as opposed to, I suppose, the angle of thinking or believing that we're all going to fall in love with ourselves one day and, Mm. you know, that any kind of insecurities or anything like that will we'll fly away if we love ourselves and we love every part, which is not always true, obviously. I know, and I think I've said that before in a talk recently. I was like, we have to remember self-love's not linear mm. and it's just going to be this like forever evolving thing that we have to deal with for the rest of our lives because we as humans are evolving and we're going through different experiences and whatever it may be. So I always say like I am not going to be the poster girl for self-love because I'm still like having days. I'm still having bad days and that's normal because that's us being humans. Mm, that's so powerful. I, I wanted to rewind Alira back to, because the next question we really wanted to ask you about was confidence and what your relationship is with confidence and what your journey has been like. But before we get to that, I would love for you to go back to when you were working in your corporate job for five years, because I think for people listening, it's 
and what we do with this podcast, we're so conscious of the fact that they might be listening and they might be seeing you now and think, wow, like she made a huge change in her life and that's incredible. But how did did you do it? Because I think it, it's easy to see, you know, hear people and, and these incredible stories and think, well, that just can't be me. But how did you how did you do that? What were the, the things that you changed in your life to make all of these? Because I, I do believe in I know I've heard you speak a lot about energy and how you were open to opportunities. But I, I also think you've worked very hard for those opportunities and they would not have come for you if you did not um, you know, deserve them and also have worked for them. So are you able to talk to that that journey for you at that five year market when you weren't happy in your job? How did you I suppose really you changed your life? Yeah, pretty much. I just, I don't know. I think I'd always been this person. It must be the Sagittarius energy. Always had side hustles and always were just doing things that like lit my soul up. But I would always have like the security of a job. So I was always working in some form of corporate or admin or whatever it may be. And I just remember it sort of just got to the end of that five years at my corporate job. And I was like, I literally woke up one morning and I was like, everything that you have worked for, you can resign today. And I just remember ringing a family member and being like, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to resign. And they were like, during a pandemic. And I was like, if I don't do it now, I'm going to regret it. What's the worst thing that happens? Like my business fails and I'll go get a job at Coles or something, like whatever it may be. Um, so I think that was the tipping point for me to be like, yep, I have enough security as in money behind me. And I know what my little next steps were. Um, but I didn't really know what the steps were. I was just open to receiving whatever came to me. And I knew that me quitting my day job, if we're talking about energy and like manifestation, was me creating space. So I was quitting that boring day job that I was doing nine to five and I couldn't do anything else during that time. So once I quit that job, I was creating space for more abundance to fill that time. And I, I shit you not, literally the next day I'd like get my email from my publisher being like, we're ready to sign you for your book deal. <laughs> it's powerful. So had you been working in the background? Yeah, I'd been working. How did working... your publisher find you? So tell us, because that's what I <laughs> yeah. think I would love for you to fill in yeah. that, that point of... The gap. Because, you know, for people <laughs> listening, they might quit their job and then if they sit at home on the couch... <laughs> Waiting for I the wait. publisher. I would have told me if I opened any Like, sorry, guys. <laughs> so no, how so... did you work to that moment to get yep. that email from your publisher? What yep. did you set up? So I was like doing all all the things that I was pretty much doing right here, right now. I was doing yeah. on the side, but just really okay. small. So I was doing stuff on social media. I was doing all my readings, um, the energy healings, just pretty much everything I'm doing now. I was doing that after work hours on the weekends. I was just filling my time with all of that stuff because it made me feel really good. And then, yeah, my Instagram blew up because it was only like I had maybe 3,000 people sort of chilling chilling on there just like me just posting stuff about my cat and like whatever and then the black lives matter movement happened and then i was like let's be conscious of what you're putting out there and i started putting a lot more cultural things out there and then that's when my instagram blew up and i think the content i was sharing was really conscious in a way it just resonated with people but then my insta went like three thousand to now it's just cool like 30k just chilling which is amazing then my publisher just reached out and was like you should write a book and I was like what would I write a book on like come on now and they were like no like you should write a book what would you write it on and I was like I would write it on intuition and spirituality but I'd want to talk about like grief because I lost my mum when I was 17 and I would talk about the breakups and friendships and they were like tell us more and I told them more and then yeah when I quit my job they sort of sent a formal proposal the day after which was crazy wow 
seriously incredible and do you I have sorry before we get back into confidence I just have one more question that I I wanted to ask you and and I think you've done such an incredible job so I, I mean growing a personal brand is not easy it's hard I think it looks from the outside like people's followers just grow and their brand grows and opportunities come but there's obviously a lot of strategy that goes behind the scenes for some I think from from the work that Steph and I have done and the people that we've we've spoken with often it's the the people that have really really big growth most most of the time are the ones that do have a strategy behind their personal brand and they are thinking consciously about it so I wanted to ask you because you grew from you know three to thirty thousand followers and your full-time job is your, you know, everything that you do, you do a lot of things, but you know, one of the things is being an ambassador for companies and, you know, the personal brand that you're growing, but you still have such an amazing, I suppose, thought process when brands come to you, because it's very easy when you don't have financial security, like from a nine to five job to take every single thing Mm. that comes into you, especially, I mean, if I look back to seven years ago, when I kind of started on social media, some of the brand deals, I don't know, I don't even know if I got paid. It was more like, here's some things like, do you want to post it? Like, wow, you're going to give me like a teacup in exchange for like selling my soul? Yes. Literally. Um, But that's what it was like. And at that time, I, you know, I said yes to a lot of it because I was just kind of like, say yes to every opportunity, even though some of them were not opportunities at all. But you seem to have this incredible, well, you do have this incredible maturity where you were able to really... Like I know um, you've spoken about Lululemon coming to you and mm-hmm. you saying, I'm not going to work with you until you mm. do better as, as a brand. I, I don't want to be, you know, the first Indigenous woman that you've worked with if you're never going to work with one again. And that's incredible. And I think I, I just wanted to talk to you about that because I think as someone starting out, it is so hard to say no and I suppose put the financial side second. Can you talk through your thought process on that and, and how you work through it? Because it is, yeah, it's so commendable the way that you run your brand yeah and it and like you said it's so easy for young people to see the dollar figure and be like oh they're gonna pay me this much to post something I'll do it Mm. but I think for me like I have a community and I have First Nations you know people watching me and I have young women watching me so my thought pattern was I need to like process the brand. I need to research the brand. I need to find out if they've been inclusive. I need to find out if there's been any bad media behind them as well too. Generally, Mm. when I work with a brand, it takes me months, like months on end before I actually post it on social media. So I think at the start when I did see dollar figures, I was like, oh, okay, like that sounds really good. Like that's a lot of money. I've never seen that amount of money before. And then it just got to a point where I was like, no, you need to be like conscious of what you're putting out there because it's going to impact other people. I want you to chat to us about it in our community, Alira, about confidence, because, you know, you you are such an incredibly confident person or from the outside, it it seems Mm -hmm. that way anyway. Can you talk about your relationship with confidence and also if only if you feel comfortable Mm. If that was affected, you you were married and mm-hmm. um, your marriage broke up quite early in, in your years. And I think for a lot of people and especially young women, their relationships define their confidence. You know, if someone else finds them worthy or not, then that's how they, you know, define if they should be worthy, which is absolutely not how we should think. But unfortunately, we, we often do. Can, can you talk to that for us? Yeah, definitely. And I think like my journey to getting to this point of being like confident as a woman, there's been like these big learning curves and there's been so many experiences and 100% a marriage breakdown is just going to be like, oh my God, like I'm just not good enough as a wife. But the reality was we just weren't compatible and that that's what it was. Um, I think growing up, I was like severely bullied. I was always like that fat girl in high school. I was the only black 
kid in high school. And I think as much as I would never want someone to ever be bullied, I look back and I was like, wow, I'm so resilient. And I think my confidence has been drawn from that because I was able to be like, no, like that's stemming from your trauma if you're going to project that stuff on me. So I think, I don't know, like every experience I take it on board and I'm just like, nah, like you're a boss and you know this and you're beautiful and that's enough. And like, don't worry about what other people think. And having said that, I'm going to have bad days as well too, but I'm just like, no, I know who I am. I love that. Mm. Unapologetically you. And it's like Mm. what you said before about, you know, when you were leaving your job to, you know, tap into social media and everything that you do for your personal brand now full time. It's like your, I I feel like your way of um, showing a lot of your confidence to yourself is kind of ignoring that fear of like failing. Um, It's like no doubt you have self-doubts and no doubt those fear of failing does pop up into your mind but Mm. I feel like your confidence really comes from if it does that's cool I've given it a go and that is just so incredible literally exactly that I'm just like oh yeah like whatever what's the worst that's gonna happen it's like it's a nice lesson or it's a blessing that's amazing it's amazing um but I mean speaking back to I mean we've spoken about self-doubt but what about insecurities Um, because from the outside, I mean, even as my mum said, she saw you as this like super confident, loud, Mm -hmm. and and so did I, beautiful person in so many aspects. So it seems like you really have it all together, Mm -hmm. um, that you know yourself inside and out and you project that and it's amazing. Um, but do you have insecurities? And if you do have insecurities, you know, I mean, are you happy to talk about them and how you kind of work through them? Yeah, hundred percent. Oh my gosh. And they're probably like superficial insecurities. I'm really transparent on socials. Like I said to people, like I've been getting my lips like filled for a couple of years now because that was an insecurity of mine. Like my top lip would disappear when I smiled. People like, why would you do that? I'm like, well, it makes me feel good. And that's an insecurity of mine. I'm going to have days where I'm just like, I may not love my body and that's a-okay, but I'm just going to be like, just just work with it girl like you know you're able to do things that other people can't do right now so just work with it um what other insecurities do I have I mean look I've started doing the run program and when I first started that run program I just saw people running and I was like hell no like I am not going to be able to do this like I'm not fit like those people I'm not dressed how they're dressed and that was me just going back in my little shell but now I just sort of worked up that confidence to be like no, it's okay. Like you're moving your body and that's like enough, which is kind of cool, but I'm always going to have insecurities. I think it just depends on the space that I'm in and who I'm with. And I guess my mood as well too. Yeah. That's amazing. So do you think Mm. that like one of the biggest tools that you have is going back to that kind of, you know, focusing on what you're grateful for, what your body and what your mind and everything can do as opposed to Mm -hmm. focusing on the things that can't? Exactly, exactly that. I'm like, no, like you can do this. It's okay. And it may not be at the extent of running like a marathon or being <laughs> able to do this, but you're, you're going to do it and it's just going to be fine and up to like my standard. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and I think what you said there, your standard, I think it's so important for, you know, anyone listening that's struggling with insecurities. First of all, we all have them. Mm. And I think it's it's amazing and so powerful, Lyra, that you opened up about it because it's, as, as I was kind of saying before, it's so easy for people to look at people like you and mm. think, oh, she's always been confident she doesn't have any insecurities she just you know goes through <laughs> life without them we we all have them it's just 
what who I, I suppose the people that are able to push through mm. it are the ones that have that toolkit of how to get out of that and you know focus on self self-worth and confidence and, and all those things and, and I love that you said there it's your standard and that is such an important thing for people to remember we set our own standards we don't need them to be the same as someone else and I know mm-hmm. with like with my it's been amazing watching your running journey with kick run and and the way that that you speak about it is is so nice and and humbling for us that you first of all you've trusted kick with the running program and you've wanting to give it a go and i think Mm. with running like for me i've been running since i was doing cross country in grade five Mm. like i you know that's always been something that i've done and i know with when i'm sharing my running i really want to make sure and that's kind of what a big part of the run program was was Mm -hmm. that you don't need to do it to become a marathon runner or an Olympic athlete or an athlete exactly. at all, you know, do it. And now like I run, people are like, why do you run so much? I'm like I run for life. It makes me feel really good. Exactly. And that's what it is. And so it doesn't need to be for anyone else. Like it is for me. And if I, my best is running 10K, but your best might be running five, that mm-hmm. does not mean mm-hmm. that my best is better than yours. Exactly. It's that, that it's, we all set our own standards. So I think that's really, really special what you said. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Mm. And then... To finish off, we wanted to touch on boundaries. So Mm. I wanted to explore two kind of types of boundaries with you. So the first one is, and this is very much, I think, really a selfish thing because it's something that I'm working through right now and I'm like, I want to help (laughs) you. So how do you put boundaries in your life in terms of people's judgment and caring Mm -hmm. of what other people think? Yeah, it's so hard. Yeah, part one. Okay. So I don't know if you saw, but the other night I got trolled. First time ever that I've just been trolled. Mm. People would just say, oh, she's fat. She's a pig. And I was like, this is like, this is really bad. You shouldn't be saying that to me for starters. And you shouldn't be talking about my weight. Um, And thirdly, like, I would hate if that was to happen to someone who was younger than me and a lot heavier. And I just, I don't know. I have gotten to a point where... I can serve my energy for me and I only output it to the things that are deserving. So that's me putting up a clear boundary instantly. So when I got trolled the other night, I was like, Dals, this is on you. This is your trauma. You're projecting it onto me. I know I'm like looking amazing and absolute fire in these images. But if you want to like go ahead and do that, that's on you. So I just got to a point where I was like, I'm not going to like bite back, but I'm just going to say to myself like, no it's Mm. fine like you are not those things and that's a-okay like don't take that on board and that's me putting a boundary up to be like no hope that answers the question (laughs) yeah yeah i think that's an amazing example and for anyone earlier that didn't again only feel comfortable yeah yeah anyone that didn't see it on your stories can Mm -hmm. you explain how the message came in what was it in response to yeah did you if you replied or what you said or (laughs) Yeah, so I got announced as a Love Honey ambassador, which is like congratulations, one, yeah. so cool. So I got, um, I posted up some pictures and like, if you know Love Honey, it's all about lingerie and things mm. like that. So I was feeling confident, posted those pictures, and then it was just almost like a barrage of like comments coming on in, just being like pig emojis and you're fad, and I was just like where have these people come from? Mm. Have they just like waited or like, how did they know? Like, I'm so confused. And I just went through this process, like 
I was just laughing and then I thought, no, like this needs to stop because they don't know if I suffer from a medical condition, Mm. which I don't. But I was like, they don't know that I hadn't had an eating disorder when I was younger. Like I just went through this process of when do we actually stop talking about people's weight? I know. Whether they're a size 6, whether they're a size 16, when do we stop talking about people's weight? Because I, I still get comments and I think people think it's positive where they're like, you've lost so much weight, you're looking really good. And I'm like, no, we need to change that language. We need to tell people that they're looking really fit and strong rather than saying you've lost weight. Mm. So, yeah, it's, was a, it was definitely a moment where I really was like, oh, my God, these, there's still people out there that just want to talk about other people's weight. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's so sad, isn't it? And I think the other thing is often sometimes people lose weight. I know I have when I've been in mm. peak stress. Well, one time was when I had a friggin' horrible relationship with food. And mm. if people said to me I look good, it would feed mm. my disordered eating in that keep going, which is just so dangerous. And then secondly, the other time has been when I've been extremely stressed and it hasn't been a choice that I've lost weight. Mm-hmm. And so it, there's uh, – you're, uh, you're right. I don't think there's any time ever – ever that is appropriate to comment on someone's weight because you mm. do not know what's behind it and also it doesn't matter i agree fit and strong amazing mm-hmm. that's all the exactly end. exactly that and that's how our language needs to change i think mm. because you're right you could be feeding into something that someone is internally dealing with and i'm just like that's going to impact their like life potentially forever and i would like hate to think if a younger girl was posting what i was posting and getting the hate that they mm. were getting like yeah, but thankfully I'm like thick skinned and just grain of salt. It's amazing. Good. Fantastic. And now for the second part of the boundary question. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so the other thing which you have mentioned already today mm-hmm. is that on Wednesday you decided that you or you made the decision that you were mm-hmm. overwhelmed and you needed a day off. You need yep. to take time, right? And you also I heard I heard you speaking on a podcast about how you I think it was when lockdown ended, you mm-hmm. booked a three day holiday for yourself in Hepburn Springs and you turned mm-hmm. your phone off. Yeah. You know, that's that's <laughs> the things of dreams. That's amazing. So can you talk to us with boundaries with mm-hmm. work? feeling overwhelmed even social life because i i've heard you say as well that sometimes text messages are overwhelming mm-hmm. overwhelming for you and i feel i feel like if you're on your it's a funny balance because obviously we're so grateful to be doing what we're doing mm-hmm. yes it is through social media and yes you need to kind of be available 24 7 but it means sometimes you just need to have time away from your phone yeah. because even texting your friends feels like it feels like you're you're just stuck oh, to your yeah. phone and you can't get away from it yeah. so how do you set those boundaries in terms of you know work phone social media Mm. everything yeah I think I just got to a point where I was doing things like putting on my you know email responder I'm only available three days a week to respond to any emails that come in no matter how important they are um people will wait I got to a point where I was like my weekends I try not to work on weekends given if something drops in then I'm gonna do it um the other day I was just so overwhelmed I woke up and I just like messaged my manager and I was like I need a day today. I will contact you in the afternoon. And she was like, that's so fine. I'm just like, because I just feel like I'm burning the candle at both ends at the moment. And I think that's where we really have to like honour our well-being and put that boundary up to be like, no, I actually... I won't be good for anybody else if I'm not 100% fully charged. So there's that's a really good boundary for you, Laura. Just put that up and just be like, no, I can't. I've learned this thing as well too. Someone taught me years ago, if anything is a half-assed yes, it's an automatic no. Ah. 
and love that. if I'm if I'm hesitating or if someone asks me for dinner and I'm like oh no let me check my schedule it's almost like my body's trying to tell me no mm. don't do that um when I went away to Hepburn Springs oh my god god it caused like chaos because I didn't tell anybody <laughs> I told like I told my manager and I think I told my best friend and I was like ah see ya like I I'll be back in three days and I just remember like putting my phone on airplane mode and then I turned it back on and everyone was like where have you been like I I just took I took time away for me because I needed time away from everybody Mm. um I have a boundary with friends as well too that I'm just like guys text me don't message me on Instagram because like sometimes it's just too much for me because it is my job on there. Mm. So that's another boundary. But I think you just work out what's good for you and sort of tie it down to it's your well-being you have to put first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think what's so important is like through showing yourself some self-love by, do, by doing that and looking after your well-being, it, it is going to affect the way that you are with others and the way you are at work and, and everything like that. Because I completely mm-hmm. agree. The burning candle at both ends, it's something I'm working on at the moment, trying mm-hmm. to find the balance of <laughs> putting my energy and, and everything into family, especially with Harvey now, and then also, you know, being on at work. And it's one of those things when you are passionate about what you do, um, you, you want to show up and you want to be mm-hmm. available. But I've found at times when I've dove in just a little bit too much, even though it's not to the point that what I used to work like. Um, so I thought, you know, oh, I'll be fine. It's not even that much. It's been overwhelming and I haven't been mm. able to be there a hundred percent. And then I'm not there a hundred percent with Harvey or anything either. So it's like, if you, if you can't kind of find that balance that's going to work for you and be able to kind of acknowledge when things are getting a bit too much and be able to step back you will continue to just be completely off balance with some things you know you might be on at work but like what's what's the home life like and exactly absolutely there's times when we can't help that and there is no time for time off and that's totally Mm -hmm. fine as well but um yeah I think lately and I think that was actually one positive through lockdown is it kind of made me learn that about myself that Mm -hmm. it is really important to step back sometimes for me to to be my best yeah you have to I think everyone does like don't be afraid to say no and I think as well too like a lot of us are coming out of lockdown at the moment and I just remember like everyone would like barrage me with text messages let's hang out and I was like no (laughs) I need a moment I need a moment like I don't think I can like interact with people just yet so don't be afraid to just say no and your friends will absolutely respect you more if you're saying no and being completely transparent with them. Yeah, I think mm. that's a good one instead of... Because anyone... This is something that comes up quite often um, in questions from our community about, you know, how do you say no to to your friends when it's mm-hmm. not... You're not saying... I don't not like a personal you. You're thing, just yeah. saying, I can't... I know with me, like, <clears throat> if when Kick's really busy, especially, which mm. is quite often a lot <laughs> most every week we on the weekend I have to limit myself mm. to mm. probably one social thing one to two I can't do any more mm. because if I do any more mm. then on Monday I can't show up kind of as you were saying Steph yeah. and then I've been I'm worrying about it all weekend it's just it's just not worth it but I, it's taken me like quite a while to, to understand that and mm. be okay with it and it kind of means that like yes you have to sacrifice some social things because I'm sure you know mm. I'd, I'd love to be doing more but I just you know I've chosen that mm. I want Kick to be you know my my everything so yeah that comes with sacrifice and it's important to acknowledge that mm. exactly and like I feel like you'll surround yourself with the right people who will respect that as well absolutely too. Mm. yeah I think that's important and if like your mates aren't respecting that boundary time to get new mates <laughs> like simple yeah see you later time to get new mates yeah 
Last question. Sorry, this is a very I love quiz. this. <laughs> Before we finish, with your friends, I would love mm. how many no, I'm not exactly how many friends do you <laughs> have, but do you have like a really large group of friends or do you have more of a small group of friends that you know really, really well? Because I think this is also something that people mm. really struggle with is adult friendships yeah. and yeah. navigating them. Yeah, it's so tricky finding friends as an adult. So I've got like a small handful of friends that are like my close mates mm. and I speak to like every day. And then I've just got like, you know, mates that are just sort of like I catch up when I can and, you know, we go for a beer when we can sort of thing. So I think I know a lot of people put that. It's, it stresses them out not having like enough friends and it's like I have come to a point where it's just quality for me mm-hmm. over the quantity yeah. so I've got yeah my quality of mates that I can just rely on and that's like that is enough for me I love that and what a way to finish thank you so much Alira it was so nice to see you even though it was over zoom that you know it's still we still got to see, <laughs> see you which is awesome and thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with with our community they'll get so much out of it well, we hope you guys enjoyed that chat as much as we enjoyed having it with Alira. We'll put her details in our show notes. We will be back next week with another Kick Pod episode on Wednesday. If you would like to learn more about Keeper Cleaner or even try our seven-day free trial, you can head to www.keepercleaner.com or find us in the App Store or Google Play. And of course, we're on social media. If you would like to see more of us, at Keeper Cleaner, at Laura.Henshaw and at Steph Claire Smith. But we'll chat to you next week. Bye. Bye.